0: Moncrief with Energlaze on News Talk. As you may know, there is a Christian music chart on iTunes, and this summer the artist who hit the number one spot was perhaps a little bit surprising. Flamey Grant is a drag queen and someone with a lot to say, as Flamey is a member of the ex movement. Flamey, good afternoon.
1: Good afternoon. How are you?
0: Not too bad. Now, to put all this in a bit uh, a bit of context, could you tell us about you know where where you grew up and and what kind of Christian community it was?
1: Absolutely. I grew up in uh, Western North Carolina, which is on the east coast of the United States, and I grew up in uh, the Appalachian Mountains in a really conservative fundamentalist group uh, that's kind of an evangelical subset called Plymouth Brethren. And uh, yeah, it's very patriarchal. It's very uh, tight-knit and hard to get out of
0: <laughs> yes and so you'd be church every sunday and and singing and all that kind of stuff
1: yes and wednesday and tuesday night for awana clubs and just basically anytime the doors were open
0: okay so and would it be kind of was it integral to your wider community as well Was did everything revolve around the church
1: absolutely my whole life was our church growing up um and the expectations there were very intense. Uh, you know, I was raised uh, to be a boy and then a man. And uh, growing up in a patriarchal system like that, I was expected to kind of take on the mantle of leadership, while my sister and all the other uh, girls I was growing up with were expected to be silent and submissive. So it was it was all-consuming in, okay. in very much that way.
0: Yeah, the thing about women being silent and submissive, was that actually... You know, I was it implicit in everything that happened, or was it kind of you know? Did did you hear that message explicitly from the pulpit?
1: Oh, very explicitly from the pulpit. Women actually weren't allowed to speak during our services, and they had huh. to cover. They have to cover their hair with these little doilies um, because of a verse in Second Corinthians. So, <laughs> yeah, very explicit.
0: Okay, so when for you did you start to perhaps feel I don't fit in here somehow?
1: Uh, at a super young age, I would say I knew something was different about me by the time I was in second or third grade. I didn't have the language for understanding queerness until middle school or high school, but I knew early on that I was not fitting in with the folks around me.
0: Mm. Now, and and when you did actually discover the language for queerness, where did you discover it from? Because I assume you weren't hearing about it in your church community.
1: No, honestly, it, it started, uh, by being called the F word by other boys in my class, you know? So, uh, yeah, it, it was, it was in a derogatory way that I I probably learned what queerness was.
0: Mm. And because you, I suppose, got it that way. And because of the community you were in, did you at first start to think that there was something wrong with you?
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. And because, um, especially as you get older, you do get more explicit messaging about how boys and girls are supposed to behave and act and who we're supposed to love and that sort of thing. And so, it became really clear to me that i was not going to meet those i, I was I, in my current state i wasn't going to uh, measure up to those standards so i i enrolled in conversion therapy uh secretly to try and change my orientation to try and become straight i i did a lot to try and be the quote unquote best Christian ever and fit into the world that I was born into. Yeah. Um, because I was, I, I was told that there was nothing good waiting for me on the other side of that. You know, I was told that I, I'd, I'd end up dead in a gutter. <laughs> yes.
0: Now, and this was the, the conversion therapy was Exodus International. I think I remember seeing a documentary about that. Uh, mm, and they're, yeah. they're nowhere there. Anymore. How long did that go on for? I was in
1: that program for five years. Wow. Um, and, yeah, I, it was you know group therapy, a national conference that they did, things like that, and uh, really, really damaging stuff. And 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 as you as you mentioned, Exodus is no longer around. They've they've disbanded. The founders disavowed it and said this doesn't work. Um, so we need more conversion therapy banning. Yes. <laughs> so uh,
0: well, I think it is actually banned in in, in a lot of countries. Uh, the the mm-hmm. now so like was there a tipping point for you? Well you said, "Well, this isn't working, and maybe you realized there was another life for you elsewhere
1: absolutely. I after those five years the the reason I stayed in it for five years actually is because uh, one of the presenters at the national conference I went to said that you know it, it it varies from person to person, but in general, five years of this program will work for you, and you'll turn straight in five years and I didn't um, obviously in five years. And so that was when I was like, I, someone's lying, you know, either the Bible's wrong or these people are wrong or something is not correct because I have given my whole heart to this process and it has not worked. So that's what sent me on my journey to kind of reassess, reevaluate my faith and, um, figure out what my place in the world was.
0: Now, was that around that time you moved to San Diego?
1: Uh, yes, I was. I was living in San Diego. I had moved here to start a church. And um, yeah, I was kind of going through that process while I was on staff at this church. I had helped start.
0: Right. And, but when you reached a point when you said, well, actually, I'm gay and, you know, there's nothing wrong with that at all. Uh, in fact, mm-hmm. it's something I should celebrate. Then then I assume that c- completely changed your relationship with the church that had brought you up and told you there was something wrong with that.
1: It did. Um, I, I despite having kind of moved into slightly more progressive Christian spaces, I was no longer part of the Plymouth Brethren thing that I grew up in. Um, but I still ended up getting kicked out of that church that I helped start. And that's what sent me into looking for really actual progressive Christianity, spaces that were affirming to LGBTQ people and had always been affirming. Um, and it turns out there's actually a lot of those spaces. I just, they had been withheld from me and I hadn't been told that that, that was an option for me.
0: And is that, is that the group who call themselves ex-evangelicals? Yeah, you know,
1: it, that's such a broad term. And I think it can mean different things to different people. But um, a lot of people, you know, have left evangelicalism and some fully just leave Christianity, fully leave the church. I did for a minute. I I, I really wanted to just not be associated with Christianity at all. Um, But I also ended up kind of coming back and saying, you know what? Um, I think there's a place for someone to kind of stand in this, Especially when I started doing drag, I was like, we need representation in these spaces because there are still kids growing up in this system, believing that they're unworthy, they're unloved, that who they are fundamentally is a sin. And we we need messaging that combats that.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, and obviously, as you kind of mentioned, that music had always been there, you know, when you were young and going to church. Uh, but when you started recording music as flamey, tell us the story about how, at least in part, you were helped to the to the top of the iTunes chart this summer.
1: Yeah, so um, a, a, a gentleman by the name of Sean Foyt, who is a very conservative worship leader here in the States, Um, and he's, he's most famous for holding these very large, um, unmasked rallies and worship services during the height of the pandemic. Um, so he, he tweeted, he, he saw a picture of me with another, uh, ex-Christian artist um, and tweeted that, you know, this is the end goal of this ex-evangelical deconstruction movement. It's it's Christian artists working with drag queens and the end times are here. And I, uh, you know, I'm a drag queen, so I like to be a little cheeky sometimes. And I replied back (laughs) and said, oh, end goal, baby, no, 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 we're just getting started. Um, So he came back to that and said, well, it's a good thing no one listens to you or cares what you do. So, I decided to see if I could prove a little bit of a point and um, went to my my followers on social media and said, hey, I have music that qualifies as Christian music, that qualifies as worship music in my mind. Um, let's try to get my song, Good Day, to chart on the Christian music charts um, in response to this guy who says that no one cares about what we're doing out here. And um, I didn't expect it to quite go as gangbusters as it did but the next morning i woke up and it was on the charts and by the end of the day it had hit number one yeah. and my album hit number one and that's kind of how
0: that happened yes that's album's bible belt baby which is a great name uh, uh, for an album must be said the the uh, in terms of classifying the music is it up to you to say to itunes this is christian music
1: it is, yeah. As an independent artist now, we have the tools to classify our own music um, and, and what genre we want to be in. So that was a that was an interesting decision for me. I didn't, I wasn't always going to go that route. But um, at, like I said, at the end of the day, I feel like it's valuable to have representation in spaces where there has not previously been mm. a representation for queer folks, and especially as a drag queen. Um, there's definitely not been a drag queen in that space. Yeah. Uh,
0: <laughs> no, but, but would you say it? Is, I mean, if if pardon the pun, but if we think of Christian music as a broad church, that it's <laughs> it's Christian music if, if you know, there's an element of spirituality in it.
1: I mean, uh, for, for me, my I feel like when I pull back and look at my record as a whole, it's very much a Christian record, especially the type of Christian music I grew up with, which was very it, uh, still very much in the singer-songwriter vein. Um, nowadays, a lot of Christian music is pretty much just... What they call worship music. It's what we sing in churches on Sunday mornings. Um, But back when I was growing up, Christian music was not defined by a style. It it, it contained all kinds of music, and a lot of that was really thoughtful singer-songwriter stuff that, uh, you know, asked hard questions and didn't have these pat answers. And I feel like that's what my album is. And I wrote so much of it uh, as a message back to the church about how they've impacted and harmed the queer, queer folks growing up in their ranks. Mm. So to me, that qualifies as a Christian record.
0: Yeah. Has it, because you still, would you say you still have belief in, in God?
1: Yeah, I, I still believe in the divine. I believe in, um, Uh, like the power of love, of divine love to bring us together and help us overcome challenges, all of that. I just, I don't believe in a lot of the specific doctrine and dogma um, that I grew up with, but um, I absolutely still believe in the divine.
0: Yeah. Uh, And now, obviously, and a lot of people might say, Flamie Grant is, you know, you're punning on Amy Grant, who'd be a very famous (laughs) uh, Christian. Uh, Have you heard anything from her or her people?
1: (laughs) Uh, I've been in touch with some of her people. I've not heard directly from Amy yet, but, um, it does seem like they're very much aware of what's happening and, uh, you know, quietly kind of maybe cheering me on from the sidelines. So I hope one day I get the chance to meet her and thank her for the incredible influence she had on my life. Yeah, Um, yeah.
0: Because if you Google Amy Grant, you know, Google suggests questions. One of the questions is, when did Amy Grant come out? So perhaps you've already had an effect upon that.
1: <laughs> That's hilarious. Uh, she's she's definitely come out as an ally in recent years. She's, she's been vocal, so we're grateful for that.
0: Flamey, thanks a million for uh, talking with us today. That was uh Flamey Grant there. Moncrief, weekdays at two PM with Anne Glaze on News Talk.